Hello and welcome to the MicroSamplify podcast, a partner to the microsampling blog from Neoterics. Listen in as we hear from key thought leaders in research science and medicine testify to the powers of microsampling in their industry. Hello, I am Krista Newber, your host for this episode of our podcast, and today we are speaking with Dr. Remco Koster who works at the Contract Research Organization, PRA Health Sciences, where he is the Associate Director of Bioanalytical Science at the Mass Spectrometry Science Department. Hello, Dr. Koster, and welcome to the MicroSamplify podcast from Neoterics. We're excited to learn more about you and your work at PRA Health Sciences. Hi, Krista. Uh, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to speak with you about microsampling today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background and what brought you to PRA Health Sciences? Yes, of course. Um, well, I started my career in 2001 as an LCMSMS analyst at uh, Pharma Bio Research located in Assen, the Netherlands. Uh, the company was later acquired by PRA. Um, and in 2005, uh, I went to the pharmaceutical and toxicological lab in the University Medical Center Groningen, which is uh, a bit to the north, uh, to work as a research and toxicolo toxicology analyst uh, on the development and validation of uh, analytical methods for um, drugs and drugs of abuse in uh, matrices like uh, blood, plasma, hair, saliva, dried blood spots, and later on uh, volumetric absorptive microsampling, the VAMPs. Uh, all with uh, LCMSMS. So the daily work uh, also involved uh, troubleshooting, supervising interns, uh, routine analysis of uh, patient and toxicological samples. <clears throat> and uh, my research interests uh, and the meta development work uh, I, I did uh, eventually led to uh, a PhD project, uh, which I worked on in addition to my daily work as a research analyst. So. In 2015, uh, I finished my PhD research, uh, which was titled The Influence of the Sample Matrix on LCMSMS Method Development and Analytical Performance. So it was really uh, an analytical uh, piece. Um, in 2017, I felt ready for a new challenge uh, and I contacted uh, my previous colleagues at PRA Health Sciences. Um, then things moved quickly um, and I accepted the job of a senior scientist. And in 2019, I accepted my current role of Associate Director of Bioanalytical Science. Um, and as such, uh, I'm responsible for the method development of mass spectrometry methods in our laboratory in the Netherlands. Um, and during the past years, um, I was still involved in the implementation of microsampling in a patient setting at the University Medical Center Groningen. And this collaboration yielded some very nice publications. And over the years, I authored and co-authored uh, over 35 publications. So. Excellent. Can you provide us an overview of the services that PRA Health Sciences provides? Well, we are a global healthcare partner where we help to develop life-saving and life-improving drugs uh, with our comprehensive clinical development services. This includes uh, data management, statistical analysis, uh, clinical trial management, medical writing, and regulatory and drug development consulting. 
PRA has over 17,500 employees worldwide, and we have more than 75 offices and are present in over 80 countries. Since uh, 2000, PRA has participated in uh, approximately 4,000 clinical trials worldwide. And in addition, PRA has participated in the pivotal or supportive trials that led to US Food and Drug Administration uh, or international regulatory approval of more than 95 drugs. So we have two laboratories, one in Assen, the Netherlands, and one in Lenexa, Kansas, USA. Uh, we have the capabilities to outsource bioanalytical studies in China to two of our partners. And this work is managed and monitored by our scientists and project managers in the Netherlands and USA. We have three phase one clinics, one in Groningen, which is a 50 minute drive from our lab in Assen in the Netherlands, and two in North America, Illinexa and Salt Lake City. And both laboratories have a GMP quality control lab for testing of the prepared medication. And in Assen, we also have an isotope laboratory. And both labs uh, offer bioanalytical services with the use of various uh, analytical techniques, which include LCM-SMS, uh, ligand binding assays, and flow cytometry assays. In addition to bioanalysis, we also perform biomarker analysis uh, at both departments. Um, and the clinical studies that are performed at PRA can range from phase one to phase four, and our laboratories also support uh, preclinical studies. So it seems your team at PRA Health Sciences is focused primarily on providing analytical services for early drug development. Can you discuss how and why PRA provides these services with a focus on microsampling techniques? Yes, well, at PRA, we believe that behind every sample waiting to be analyzed, there's a patient waiting to be treated. It's our, that's our motto. Um, with this mindset, we believe that we should always act in the best interest of the patient. The use of uh, microsampling plays an important role in decreasing the patient burden. The setting in which the samples are taken is also important to consider. Who will perform the sampling? Are the patients neonates or adults? Although easy and painless sampling uh, are very beneficial for the patient, a high quality sample is also important for the quality of the data. A low quality sample or a rejected sample is eventually an increased burden for the patient because a new sample has to be taken, if that's even possible at all uh, for that time point. Uh, with, while the chosen microsampling technique can provide an easy sampling procedure for the patients and nurses, the technique should also be practical for the laboratory to work with. And by continuously assessing new microsampling techniques, the practicality in the laboratory can be assessed uh, before clinical studies are initiated. So in our science team, we perform all method development of the assays used for sample analysis. It's a dedicated uh, team. The use of microsampling in a clinical study will make it a part of method development. And when developing bioanalytical methods, we aim at ensuring high quality analytical results, of course. Um, items like efficient and robust extraction of the analyte from the dried matrix and analyte stability in the dried matrix need to be investigated before clinical sample collection starts. And encountered issues can influence the choice of which uh, microsampling device uh, is used. For example, if the analyte is difficult to extract from a dried matrix, uh, it might be best to, to let this one go and to switch to capillary sampling instead. 
And in many instances, uh, the sponsor will request how we at PRA can help them in the application of microsampling for their study. Um, and valuable information can be derived from early feasibility studies performed in our laboratories. And as the global microsampling specialist within PRA, I'm thus involved in these discussions uh, from an early stage. Hmm. So far, we've been discussing the benefits of microsampling in the area of drug development. Based on your long experience in the field, do you think microsampling can be beneficial in other areas such as toxicology screening and wellness screening, for example? Yeah, one, one of the advantages of microsampling is, of course, that it can be performed at home by self-sampling. Uh, this makes it applicable for uh, all kinds of self-monitoring, such as uh, wellness screening, uh, which allows an individual to gain more insight in their health status. I think that people should, however, be careful with the results that are generated with home sampling. Um, the reliability and interpretation of the analysis results go hand-in-hand -hand with good sampling, especially when the analysis results are quantitative. These are important aspects that can affect the reputation of uh, home microsampling. And microsampling can certainly provide advantages for toxicology screening of abused drugs or drugs of abuse, uh, because some drugs are rapidly metabolized in the body and evidence of drug abuse will be difficult to generate uh, when a blood sample is taken at a later time at a clinical site, uh, which could be uh, days later after uh, um, drug abuse. Um, another item is roadside drug testing, uh, which is another example where uh, microsampling can provide solutions for the current blood sampling procedures. Uh, currently in the Netherlands, roadside drug testing is performed uh, with a saliva point of care device. Um, this is uh, also used in other countries. Um, um, but when the device tests positive for the presence of drugs, a venous whole blood sample has to be taken by a qualified physician with a certain, within a certain time frame. Uh, and the sample has to be stored and transported to the laboratory for confirmation analysis by a cold chain. Uh, this is because, the, also because of the instability of several drugs at room temperature. Um, and this uh, may cause risks for uh, sample um, reliability. Uh, mm -hmm. microsampling, can, uh, microsampling performed by a trained police officer and omitting the cold chain uh, would enable the authorities to simplify and streamline the process for confirmation of drug abuse. That would work here in the US as well. Yeah, now, yeah. moving to the COVID-19 crisis and, and where we are today, um, with the COVID-19 crisis, we've seen many changes in the world, including workflows and the way people conduct research, the way they conduct uh, drug trials, clinical projects. Can you discuss how microsampling might benefit your customers and help them overcome challenges in situations like the coronavirus, the pandemic? The, the COVID-19 pandemic has created an increase in, uh, in microsampling applications to be performed. Um, there are, um, however, a lot of uh, applications uh, um, um, that are uh, qualitative or semi-quantitative. For example, has a person been affected with COVID-19 or what percentage of a population has been infected with COVID-19? Um, and at PRA, we mostly use microsampling for quantitative analysis of a new drug compound. And this requires high quality samples and extensive analytical and clinical validation um, and uh, training of uh, the sampling procedure. 
Microsampling uh, can certainly benefit our sponsors when their clinical trials can be performed from home. And of course, we try to support this as much as we can. Um, the analytical experiment experience in our laboratory is extensive, but uh, each compound can behave differently and feasibility should be investigated uh, each time. This can be performed in a time frame of a few weeks. Changing a clinical study from analyzing liquid plasma samples to dried whole blood samples requires a clinical br bridging study to compare the results from both matrices. Uh, this requires additional efforts and such a bridging study should be performed as early as possible in the development process. So I think rapidly changing to dried microsamples for a clinical study during the COVID-19 pandemic is difficult in, this, in these cases. Uh, however, these times make everyone realize that not having the possibility for at-home microsampling is a vulnerable aspect of performing clinical trials. Hmm. Interesting. Can you explain from a lab director perspective what you are looking for in a high quality blood sample for lab analysis and how the Mitra microsampling device fulfills that? Perhaps you can explain the problems you have encountered with dried blood spot or DBS cards and other microsampling techniques and how the Mitra with VAMS devices helps to overcome those previous problems. Well, while a microsampling technique can provide an easy sampling procedure for the patient, the technique should also be practical for the laboratory to work with. With microsampling, there are two ways of generating the sample. You have inaccurate volume sampling and accurate volume sampling. With inaccurate volume sampling, by letting a drop of blood fall on the DBS card, for example, the accurate volume is taken by a sub-punch from the DBS in the laboratory. Here, the fixed DBS punch area represents a certain blood volume. And with this type of sampling, the effect of the blood hematocrete is of influence on the formation of the blood spot area, and this can cause biases in the volume and thus uh, in the analytical results. With accurate volume sampling, like Mitra FAMS device, uh, the blood hematocrete doesn't affect the sampled blood volume. This decreases the variability of the analytical results. So, for both DBS and Mitra FAMS, over or under sampling is a potential risk and can affect sample quality. But with DBS, one has to carefully evaluate the sample by looking for sampling errors, like uh, no free fall of the blood drop, double touching or multiple touching of the card, smearing of the blood and possible undersampling, um, which can be seen by looking at the other side of the DBS card. Overrun sampling can still occur with Mitra FAMS tips, but there are fewer variables to evaluate. Unsampling can be detected when a metrofan tip uh, shows, still shows white, while oversampling can be detected by observing deformation of the tip by the excess of uh, dried blood. So performing uh, the blood sampling should be easy and foolproof, and evaluation of the sample quality in the lab should also be easy. Um, microsampling techniques that use capillary sampling onto a dried blood spot card or a simple DBS sampling require DBS punching equipment in the lab, uh, which may lead to carryover between punched samples. Um, and at PRA, well, DBS is almost never uh, used for our studies. So it wouldn't make sense to buy expensive automated punching equipment for us. Um, and manual punching of DBS cards is very laborious and should thus be avoided. The devices that make use of capillary sampling 
on two Android Bloodspot cards are also more expensive. So the, the whole cost also uh, uh, takes part in the whole picture. At PRA, microsampling studies are, uh, are mostly not generating the number of samples that would make us consider to automate this process. Um, so an easy manual process for sample handling is favorable. In our workflow, uh, we use 96 well plates uh, for the extraction of the meter thumb tips. Um, we, sub we don't submerge the complete tips and shaft, uh, uh, which can be done, but um, we pull the tips from the shafts along the edge of the wells uh, of the 96 well plate. Uh, this is an easy procedure, uh, generates a larger extraction surface area of the tips um, and allows us to cap the plate during the extraction. So I believe that the meter farms can provide high quality samples in combination with an easy uh, manual laboratory process, which can also be automated uh, when desired. What equipment are you using in your lab and how much did you have to adjust your lab setup to be compatible with Mitra microsampling technology? Well, at the LCMSMS department, all samples are, of course, analyzed with uh, LCMSMS. This means that the generated extracts need to be compatible with the applied chromatography. Um, because we apply manual extractions of the meter thumb tips in uh, the 96 well plates, uh, we didn't have to invest in automated processing equipment. Equipment like vortex mixers, uh, sonification equipment, and centrifuges uh, are already available in the lab. Uh, for liquid-liquid extractions, we can use an automated TomTech platform, but we uh, rather use our horizontal linear shaker, which, does, which doesn't require any programming and also works very well for the extraction of uh, dried microsamples. So we keep it uh, simple. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to add about what makes your lab unique from other labs in the Netherlands or elsewhere? Or would you like to explain anything else about your lab's capabilities? Well, our, our lab consists of several teams with uh, different analytical techniques and purposes. Uh, we also have a biomarker team, uh, which uses a combination of the available analytical techniques and people from the different teams. So it's covering the whole organization. Um, the advantage of having multiple analytical techniques and in different teams, but still in one building, is that uh, equipment, knowledge and techniques are easily shared between teams. For example, uh, the LCMSMS team doesn't have equipment to measure the blood hematocrit, but another team has. Uh, being able to measure the hematocrit is very important for meta development of dried whole blood microsampling assays. So I can just walk to the other team with my blood samples uh, for a fast and easy hematocrit determination. But I think ultimately it's not the equipment that makes a lab unique, it's the people working there. Uh, the combination of knowledge and the pleasant way of working together is what makes the difference uh, and the PRA slogan behind every sample waiting to be analyzed. There's a patient waiting to be treated. Always makes us uh, realize what our ultimate goal is. Yes, from lab bench to clinical bedside. It's, it's an important perspective. I like your motto. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Koster, for taking the time to speak with us about how you use microsampling in your lab studies and also about the services, service capabilities of PRA Health Sciences. We wish you much success with your many projects. And thank you to our audience for listening to this episode of the Microsamplify podcast, a partner to the microsampling blog from Neoterics.